Welcome to the United Church Podcast. We're a new church here in Seattle committed to an ethic of love and walking in the ways of Jesus. We're striving to be a people united, united with Jesus, each other, ourselves, and the world around us. We hope you're encouraged and challenged by this week's homily. May the peace of Christ be with you. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, they were so frightened. Then a cloud appeared and covered them, and a voice came from the cloud, This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. After they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. I am part of a household filled with type A dominant personalities. I mean, Tracy and I are both firstborns, and technically so is Elliot as an only child. And our house, oh man, our house is filled with words. So many words. It's actually pretty rare for us to find any silence, to to have any quiet. It's just talking, talking, talking. And the struggle for any of us to get a word in edgewise, to to have your perspective heard, is real. In fact, I, I think the most common refrain in our home might very well be, listen to me. Only said with more angst and frustration, boiled over anger. The struggle is real, my friends. The struggle is real. Especially in this stay-at-home, work-from-home, school-at-home pandemic reality. My world is so very often suffocated with words. And it's frustrating, isn't it? When you feel like no one is listening to you, especially if it's through mansplaining or whitesplaining, or they're just flat-out ignoring you. I mean, isn't this all that social media really is? screaming into the void, LISTEN TO ME! Or maybe that's all it's become. The other day I was talking to a friend whom I have regular and frequent disagreements with, and this time was no different. We just kept talking past each other, over each other, around each other, under each other, not truly listening to what the other one was was saying. It, it It was more like we were having a solo conversation with ourselves. Uh, A monologue, uh, looking at one-upsmanship instead of an attempt to understand. In fact, we kept looking for ways to shame the other into joining our side instead of anything else. It It was pretty ridiculous. And it didn't work. Shocking, I know. We just grew more angry with each other, and there were more than a few times that I wanted to scream, Listen to me! And I'm sure he did too. We just want to be heard, 
don't we? Listen to me. It's a cry from the depths of our heart, calling for respect, acknowledgement, to simply be heard instead of pushed aside, right? We all want that. I mean, Beyonce's got lyric upon lyric about it, so I mean that makes it doubly true. And I wonder, I wonder, does God ever feel this way? You know, it's, it's fascinating, the passage that we're situating ourselves in this morning, Mark chapter 9. It's the story of the transfiguration. I, I, I've taught this and walked through this confusing passage dozens of times, and each and every time trying to figure out exactly what's going on here in this moment. I, I mean, it is a rich theological passage filled with nuance and depth of meaning. But for the first time, I noticed something different in this passage, something that I hadn't quite heard before. Uh, amidst all of the theological illusions and bluster, the, the confusion that it certainly can create about what's happening, is this moment when, once again, just like at Jesus' baptism, where God audibly speaks to the disciples, this is my beloved Son. But this time? Instead of God finishing the phrase with, whom I am well pleased, he finishes with a directive to the disciples. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Listen to him. I mean, at this point, the disciples had been journeying with Jesus for a couple of years. They'd, they'd seen some things. They'd, they'd seen him perform miracles, healing people, raising the dead, astounding things. And, and here's God telling them, listen to him. Which makes me wonder, did they stop listening to him, I mean? Did, did, did they think they'd learned all they needed to? Did they think they had it all together? Did they need God to remind them to simply listen to him? And it hit me. Of course they did. I mean, how often do I need to be reminded to listen to God? And I'm not talking about obedience here. I'm talking about listening, about taking the time to pause and shut my own mouth and just listen to him. You see, I'd always been taught that communicating with God, prayer, was a one-way street. That I talked, and He listened. That, that I needed to actually say something. I, I mean, that's kind of what we encourage, isn't it? Talk to God, we say. He's listening. Tell Him what you're thinking and feeling. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think we've missed the other side of things of actually pausing to listen to what God has to say in response. And I wonder just how often God wants to say, listen to me. I mean, he did it to the disciples. Listen up here, fellas. There's something you need to hear right now. One of the people who has had an unbelievably profound impact on my life is, is Henry Nouwen. I, I was introduced to his work in college, and I immediately hated it. I, I found myself disagreeing with him vehemently. I, I remember sitting in the office of the professor who introduced me to him one afternoon. Aaron, he gently began, 
what is it that you find so difficult about Nowen? I had just, in my opinion, eviscerated Nowen in one of his books in a paper I had submitted. And I sat there uncomfortably, not really knowing how to put it into words, exactly what I was feeling in that moment, what I was thinking, what was going on inside of me. I, I, it wasn't often that I spent time with my professors outside of the classroom. But at this point, Dr. Wyndham called me specifically to come and talk. Honestly, I thought I was in trouble. It wouldn't have been the first time. Dr. Nowen let the silence sit heavy. He, he allowed me to grow more and more uncomfortable as he sat back in his chair. This, I blurted out, this is what I disagree with. This silence. He wants me to sit still and do nothing but listen. What's so wrong about that? Dr. Now Dr. Wyndham asked, what are you afraid of hearing? That question hit me so hard right in the chest. Immediately, my, my eyes welled up with tears. My jaw clenched tighter and tighter. I didn't want to verbalize it. I, I, I didn't want to say it out loud, but the tears started streaming down my face. As the silence thickened, Dr. Wyndham, Neil, said so gently and tenderly, Aaron, what are you so afraid of hearing? That he loves me, I said. For the first time in my life, I verbalized my greatest fear, that God loves me. You see, I had been told over and over and over throughout my life that God loved me, but, but I didn't want to believe it. I, I, I couldn't believe it because I felt like I didn't deserve it. God's grace, His mercy, His love felt dangerous to me. Like they would let me out of the prison and cage that I had constructed for myself, the, the cage that I felt like I deserved. And in the back of my mind, in that moment, I heard the words of now and ringing and rattling to the forefront. All I want to say to you is, you are the beloved. And all I hope is that you can hear these words as spoken to you with all the tenderness and force that love can hold. My only desire is to make these words reverberate in every corner of your being. You are the beloved. That moment, it changed my life. It, it changed me. I, I walked out of that office having listened to God speak to me for the first time. And here's the thing, it, it only took a moment. It only took a moment for me to stop talking to God, to pause and with tender and loving guidance, to tenderly and yet forcefully push me into that space, to finally hear the still, small voice of God pierce the silence. And for me to listen for the first time to the voice of God say, you are my beloved. You are my beloved. And you know, I'll never forget that moment. But stacking grace upon grace, God showed me something in that space. And I think it's really important. The word beloved is actually two words smashed together. Be and loved. 
It's actually kind of a call, a command, in fact, to be loved. To allow people, to, to allow love to reach you, to open yourself up to love, to drop your defenses and simply surrender in that moment to Jesus. Listen to him, God calls from the heavens. Listen to him. Open yourself up to him. Drop your defenses. Surrender yourself and simply be loved. This is the beauty of the other side of prayer, the, the listening side. Simply being silent being still and listening, allowing the voice of God to speak silently. Or as the prophet Zephaniah says, sing over us. Be loved and allow the voice of God to sing songs of love and healing into your heart, into your mind, into your soul, to flood the entirety of your being. Listen to him, beloved. Listen. I am convinced that this is the beauty and the terror of prayer. We enter into this space of listening and we leave changed. You see, much like C.S. Lewis, I believe that it's not so much that prayer changes God, but rather that prayer changes me, you, us. We're changed by attentiveness to the voice of God, of attending to that space and listening for the still small voice of God. We're changed by allowing his love to pour over us. We're changed by becoming the beloved, by allowing ourselves to be loved in this time, in this space, over and over again. Be loved, be loved, be loved. For you, you are wanted by God. You are wanted by God. When the rest of the world throws you by the wayside, when you yourself craft and create intricate cages and prisons to dwell in, you are wanted by God. And here's the thing. I know this is true. I can tell you this over and over and over until I'm blue in the face that God loves you. But, but here's the thing. It won't add up to a hill of beans if you don't hear it from God yourself unless you pause for just a moment to listen to him say in that tender, still, soft voice, I love you. I love you. I have always loved you. And nothing you have done or will ever do will make me love you any less. I love you. I mean, I'm not going to stop telling you that. But I hope that you'll pause to listen for yourself, to hear for yourself the very words of God pierce your heart and expand your soul in such a way that you cannot escape that truth. Because I know, I absolutely know that it will change your life. It's why I want to encourage you to step into this Lenten season and and into our new rule and rhythm I talked about on our blog on Friday. This Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. And it marks the beginning of this moment and season of listening for us as a community. We'll mark it with a beautiful at-home Ash Wednesday liturgy designed to help us begin flexing our listening muscles, to train our bodies and tune our ears to hear the words of God poured out over us, to help us rest in his love, to hear him speak those words into the recesses of our heart. This Lenten season, we'll be sitting in the Psalms 
ancient prayers and cries, reading one a day and listening, resting, tuning our ears to hear that tender, still, soft voice of God whisper, I love you. I love you. I have always loved you. I want to invite you to download the Bread Reading Journal, uh, updated for this Lenten season, or just the reading plan, or even just the audio of the readings at unitedchurch.love slash Lent, and read more about the fullness of this experience that we're entering into as a community. You see, my hope, my prayer, my challenge to all of us is to step into this space You see, I truly want each and every one of us to walk away from this Lenten season having heard the words of God poured out over you, with each and every one of us having heard the tender, still, soft voice whisper, I love you, filling every corner of your heart and being. I love you. I love you. I have always loved you. Amen. Amen and amen. Won't you join us this Lenten season? Thank you for listening to this week's homily. If you're in Seattle, we'd love for you to join us at 1316 Third Avenue West in Queen Anne. If you'd like to support our efforts, please visit unitedchurch.gives to partner with us financially. Be in peace and God bless.